Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to McNamara on Money, educating the investors of the South Shore on 95.9 FM WETD and also the Merrimack Valley now on 980 AM WCAP. Uh, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial. We have offices in Marshfield and Chelmsford. And we're going to be chatting this morning about retiree health coverage, more specifically Medicare. Uh, we have an event coming up on Wednesday, October 16th at the Cask and Flagon in Marshfield. And that is going to be uh, entitled Navigating, Navigating the Medicare Maze with our guest speaker, Peter D. Stoner, who's a Medicare consultant and who is here with me this morning. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Good morning <laughs> Alyssa. It's nice to be here. Yeah, nice to have you again as well. Peter is so kind. Uh, to come on our show about once a year and uh, right around this time of year uh, in the fall like, because as it's a pertinent time of year uh, for Medicare because open enrollment is in the fall and we'll certainly get into that. So thanks again for being here. Um, if anyone is interested in getting more information regarding Medicare, uh, we are having that in-person educational event on Wednesday, October 16th at the Cask and Flagon in Marshfield. You can go to our website to register for that which is McNamaraFinancial.com, or you can call our office, 
834-2010. We are capped at 40 people, so we are asking people to register in advance just because of the size of the room. Um, No cost event, but we're taking donations to the Marshfield Food Pantry that evening. So it's a great opportunity to get information, uh, get your specific questions answered, and pick the brain of a Medicare expert who has over 25 years of experience doing this stuff. That's right. Because I saw it right here on your bio. You crossed out 20, and now it's 25. I did. I did. (laughs) Prime time now. Yeah. Uh, All right. So Peter D. Stoner, um, you can find out more about him also at stonermedicare.com. Thank you. All right. So um, what I, where I thought you, you were kind enough to bring an outline and, you know, I know this is a lot of the information that you go through in the, in the seminar. um, But I just wanted to kind of back up a step, a, a step, because as I was mentioning to you off air, I still get a lot of questions from people regarding the difference between Medicare and Medicaid, or they think that Medicaid is Medicare and vice versa. Right. And in right. and those, the words are very similar, so I get it. But just so just wanted to kind of start there with okay. regards to those are two very different, very different. Uh, things. Right. And so you want to start with that? Sure. Chime in? So oftentimes people do use those words interchangeably and they mean very different things. Yeah. So Medicaid is for those that are on mass health. Yeah. You can be uh, virtually any age, but you typically are uh, eligible for mass health because of financial need. Yeah. So it's typically people of low income, whereas Medicare is very different. You become eligible for Medicare primarily when you're turning 65. So that's the event that triggers your Medicare eligibility. Although you can be eligible for Medicare due to disability as well. And then you have, if you want to get even more confused, you have people who are known as duly eligible. Oh. So they are eligible not only for Medicaid, but also Medicare. Oh. And that means that they are uh, essentially uh, available f- services for free. Okay. I mean, they get virtually uh, prescriptions for l- very low uh, copays. They get services oftentimes for free. Oftentimes they don't have to pay for Part B, okay. which traditionally incurs a premium. Yeah. Um, so that these are people who really need a lot of help and get it by the combination of Medicare and Medicaid. They are eligible from my standpoint for SCO products. They're called senior care options. Okay. Uh, and again, that's primarily triggered by uh, low income. Yeah, a lot of times I'll talk to a group of people uh, about Medicare and it can be in a company where there's a mixture where you get people in their 30s and 40s and then you get those that are getting closer and closer to retirement. Yeah. Those getting closer and closer to retirement know what I'm talking about when I talk about Medicare. Yeah. Those in their 30s and 40s essentially give me a blank stare. Yeah, well, it, so won't, it, it, gen- it likely won't impact them for 20, 30 absolutely. years. Yeah. Absolutely. So Medicaid, and Medicaid is a state-run agency, correct? It is. For each state runs its own Medicaid. It is. And Medicare is federally run? It's federally run. Okay. Just FYI, in case anyone was curious. So so just so that you know, when I get the blank stares from the 30 and 40 year olds, I don't mind that, but I do mind the yawns. Oh yeah, very yeah. rude. Come I take on, it personally. Your mouth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this we're going to try to make this as exciting as possible, and okay. I and I know you always you always do, and we always have a great event. We've had you've had a, several speaking engagements for us over the past I have. several I th- years. I think and, at least four. Yeah, and always well attended, and um, people are confused by this, so it's great to get the information out there, especially those people that are approaching sixty-five, um, or and or retirement, I guess. Right. Um, 
All right. So can we maybe just talk? I know you have your outline here, and I don't. Where do you prefer to start? I would kind of say, well, should, can we define part A, B, parts Absolutely. A and B? I think that's like a, a good place absolutely. to start. Absolutely. All right. So Medicare has different parts. It does. So there are two parts of Medicare. Okay. There's part A and there's part B. Mm-hmm. Now, part B is the piece that you pay for. Part A is the piece that usually is free. Okay. Uh, when I say, and I'm not supposed to use the word free, by the way. Let me oh, let me retract that. No cost. Uh, no cost. Okay. Or zero premium. Okay. But not that other word that I <laughs> Is use. Is that not politically correct in, in or it, something? Inadvertently. <laughs> um, but part A is hospital insurance. It covers hospital and skilled nursing facility stays. Okay. Covers some home health care and hospice care. Okay. And as I say, for most people, it's a zero premium. Yeah. Now, they've paid taxes so that it's a zero premium. Right. And they've paid those taxes for a period of at least 10 years. So, right, because p- part of your payroll taxes or your FICA taxes, 1.45, I think, percent of it, right. roughly. I'm not an accountant. I think it's 1.45% yeah. of, of your gross wages gets paid into Medicare, and that's regardless of income. There's no cap on that, which is different from paying into Social Security. Right. And so you've been paying into the system all, all these years. And a lot of people, if they haven't done that, have a spouse who has. Right. So they then become eligible for Medicare by virtue of their spouses working those 10 years. Okay. I was wondering that, like, for example, for teachers in Massachusetts that don't pay Pay, well, they don't pay into the Social Security system. I think they do also don't pay into Medicare because yeah. they have retiree it, health the, coverage. For, for years, they didn't. Now, right. they're, now they're starting oh, to. Oh, okay. All so right. it used to be yeah. uh, back in the 90s when I would meet a teacher. Yeah. Then uh, he or she invariably had not contributed towards Part B. Yeah. So then the town or city, whoever was responsible for them, would uh, offer them some special form of retiree coverage. Uh-huh. Uh, but now the cities and towns are requiring their teachers to uh, go on Part B. Okay. They become eligible for Medicare, and then they go on a Medicare plan in retirement. Through the town. Through the town. As like their supplemental and, and plan. And it's usually a very rich benefit. So when I yeah. typically talk to somebody who was who's married to a teacher, yeah, I tell them right away, you know, I can't on the individual market offer you something that's going to essentially beat yeah. the product that's being offered to your spouse through the municipality. Wow, okay. That's, that's yep. essentially as good as it gets. Wow, okay. So Even but, still, great. Yep. Going back to Part A, the, yep. the biggest expense under Part A is that there's a hospital deductible. And in 2019, that deductible is $1,364. Okay. Now, the interesting thing is that when people hear the word deductible, they usually assume that it's an annual deductible. I'll pay it, I'll be, it'll be over with, and then I won't run into that again until next year. Yep, I definitely assumed that. The Part yep. A deductible is per benefit period. So a new benefit period recurs every 60 days. So uh-huh. if somebody goes into the hospital, say in January... Uh, they're discharged and then readmitted more than 60 days thereafter, say in April, yeah. they incur that deductible all, all over again. So, you know, the reality is as people are young, and so I define young as anybody older than me. I mean, <laughs> Wait, young as anybody than you. younger than me. <laughs> yep. So it, that typically means anybody 75 or younger is young. And the reason that I do that is that from a Medicare perspective, people's health changes. Yeah. I've seen it over many years. 
usually they have a run of pretty good health between 65 and 75. Okay. It starts to change a little bit sometimes around 75, 80. Okay. Really tends to change around 85. And in our 90s, if we live that long, that's when the battles really yeah. start. Yeah. So, for example, I remember my father was, was pretty healthy until he hit 92. And then wow. he I've went had... back and forth to the hospital that last year of his life multiple times. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. When I'm, the reason I'm bringing that up is that that deductible usually doesn't impact, quote, unquote, younger people. Okay but it does impact older people. Yeah, so if it's every 60 days, worst case scenario is that you could, that's eight, $9,000 it, it uh, on be the very high side, if they the very high repeated side. Uh, visits to, to a hospital in, in a given year. So, um, okay. so, you know, that's why when you get deductibles or coinsurance, and I'm gonna get into part B in a sec, um, people always get something or typically get something that supplements Medicare. Yeah. So in other words, if you've got a $1,364 deductible, that's a big void or a gap. Yeah. So people take either a supplement plan, which is also called a Medigap plan yep. because it fills in the gaps, yep. or they take a Medicare Advantage plan which doesn't fill in the gaps, but takes the place of Medicare. Okay. So oftentimes when I say it takes the place of Medicare, people assume that they don't have to pay for Medicare. So Medicare Part B, which is the next piece, yeah. incurs a premium. Uh, and so this is a good segue to talk about that. Okay. So let me just back up. So Part A is it covers you. So first of all, Part A is no cost. Usually. No, sorry, did I say Usually. the right word? I didn't say free. I said we, no cost. Right. Generally speaking, when you're 65, Part or, A... Or eligible for Medicare due or, to disability. Thank you. Okay. Part A is available to you at no cost yes. and covers you up to a point, however, there's a deductible, should you need uh, hospital care or skilled nursing care, but it doesn't cover like your primary care physician visit, well visits and things like part that. A. Okay, does not. Part A. Okay. 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 Now I'm good. You can move on. Okay, okay. So now part B. So then the other part of Medicare, part B, uh, it covers your medical insurance. So that essentially is uh, some preventive services like doctor visits, lab tests, outpatient hospital care, durable medical equipment and the like. And that does incur a premium. Now, most people, in fact, 70% of the people nationally, okay. this year pay $135.50 for Part B. But in recent years, and I, by recent years, I mean like in the last six years or so, the government has started to uh, means test Part B. And what that means is that they have now started to look at your income yep. to see if you're over a certain benchmark. So the benchmark that incurs the lower premium if you're single is uh, $75,000 a year, or let me rephrase 80, that, $85,000 yeah. a year. I see your chart. And yeah. the benchmark if you're uh, married is $170,000 a year. So if your tax, that's probably their taxable income. So if your taxable income. Yeah, it's modified adjusted oh, thank you. gross income. Thank you, yep. Most of the time, if you're itemizing your taxes, that's line 37 on your federal tax return. Okay. So if that exceeds the $85,000 as a single, the 170 as a uh, married couple, then the government will charge you more than that 
one thirty-five fifty. Okay. And in fact, they can charge you as high as four hundred and sixty dollars and fifty cents per month. Per month yep. for the same Part B premium. So that's a big that's a, difference. Yeah. And not only do they charge you that premium for Part B, but Part D, which is for prescriptions, is subsidized by the federal government. So the federal government essentially says, okay, if you make over that benchmark, we're going to take back some of that subsidy. Okay, yeah. So we're not only going to charge you a higher premium for Part B, we're going to charge you what's known as an income assessment for Part D. Okay. And that income assessment for Part D, for those in the lower bracket, is nothing. Yeah. For those in the highest bracket, is $77.40 a month. Is Part D, do you have to enroll in Part D? You don't have to enroll in Part D. Okay. However, if you don't, the government will penalize you. Now, the reason is the reason there's a reason for that, and that is that you know it's insurance, and the people who uh, don't take or don't access insurance essentially subsidize those who take a lot of it. So you get a right. lot of people who take a fair amount of prescriptions. That tends to be true the older we get. Yeah, uh, and then so those people who take no prescriptions essentially uh, have their premium dollars in the pool. Yeah. Uh, they don't use any of the services, so they help essentially subsidize right. Insurance the premium. relies on people's assets being pooled together, and right. the fewer people they have in the pool, exactly. the higher the premium would have to be exactly for everybody right. else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the government says, okay, if you don't take any prescriptions and therefore don't feel compelled to take a prescription plan, uh, we're going to penalize you. And the penalty is 1% of the national average of a Part D plan okay. for every month that you don't take it. So, so what, is, you know, what does that mean in, in English? In English, it means you'll get penalized approximately 40 cents a month for every month that you don't take it. Okay. So if you don't take it for a whole year, you know, so that's about $5. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you think, okay, big deal. They're going to charge me $5 more a month okay. for those services. But any penalty that's assessed by Medicare stays with you for the remainder of your life. Okay. Okay, so that's when it starts to get into big numbers. And where, where it really gets into big numbers is that I've... So Medicare Part D was introduced in um, 2006. Okay. So there were people who didn't take it at that time because they didn't take any prescriptions. Well, now fast forward 10 years later, 2016, all yeah. of a sudden... They've been prescribed prescriptions. Yeah. They need a Part D plan. And now all of a sudden it costs them twice what it should have cost them. Right, right. So that's where it comes back to bite you. So how do people know this? Are they just getting a letter in the mail? Are they, how, how is this communicated to people so when they enroll? So when, um, when you're turning 65 uh, or about to, the government sends you this booklet that's about uh, an inch thick. Yeah. Uh, called Medicare and You. Okay. And the, the, the problem with that booklet is that, first of all, it's who's, very well who's intended. Who's going to read that? <laughs> well, that's the problem. Yes. Yeah. Who's going to read it? I, I personally don't read it. I, I have to acknowledge that. I'm sorry. Well, you probably know it all. But, but still, no, yeah. I wouldn't say that I know it all, yeah. but I do use it uh, as a reference material. Okay. So that if I have an issue, I'll use that booklet to look it up. Yeah. Other than that, it becomes overwhelming. 
Yeah. And I get people who call me. I've had a guy call me once. He said, you know, I've got three degrees. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand this. And he didn't under, he, yeah. it, it wasn't that he didn't understand it. It was that he was overwhelmed by it. Yeah. They, yeah. they give you essentially the same information from different angles. You have to realize that it was written by uh, lawyers yeah. and and essentially bureaucrats. I don't mean to use that in a negative right, way. Right, right. But, but people who are accustomed to using the language, and then all of a sudden it's being uh, read by someone who's not accustomed to that language. Sure. And that's where it becomes overwhelming. So are people automatically enrolled in Part D then? And then they have to opt out? No. No, you have no. to opt in. What people are oftentimes automatically enrolled in is Part A. Okay. So if somebody's turning 65, um, they used to be automatically enrolled in Part A. I say used to be because now we have this um, uh, vehicle called the health savings account, yep. an HSA. Yep. So health savings accounts were introduced when uh, high deductible health plans were introduced. Yeah, not all that long ago, probably. Not, not all yeah. that long ago. Um, really, they were a vehicle so that companies could bring down their premium costs. Yep. And the health savings account was designed to give the uh, people in that health savings account a vehicle to save money yep. for specifically for health insurance. In a tax-efficient way. In a very tax-advantaged way. Yeah. And as a result of that, uh, the government took away the uh, need to enroll in Part A. So okay. they don't always do things automatically. Okay. But they do things automatically if you're taking Social Security payments. Okay. So someone can start taking Social Security payments as early as 62, unless they're eligible for some other reason. But age reasons, typically it's 62. And years ago, people used to take their Social Security payment at 62 a lot of the time. Yeah. Because all of a sudden they had this, quote, quote unquote, found money. Yeah. But now they've changed the rules where people uh, my age, for example, uh, baby boomer, yeah. are not eligible or completely 100% vested in Social Security until we're 66. Right, They're f your full retirement age. Or full retirement age. Yeah. So uh, that's when I took it. I took it when I turned 66. My wife took it when she was 70. So yeah. there's another strategy involved in that. Sure. My point being is, so when 65 rolls around nowadays, very few people are taking Social Security. Okay. Or certainly very few of the people that I talk to are taking Social Security. Fewer than in the past, I'm sure, yeah. So as a result of that, they need to uh, take Social Security Part A, um, and they need to reach out usually to Social Security in order to do that. Okay. So the bulk of my questions that people call me about is uh, they call me in a panic, essentially when they're about to turn 65, and say, you know, I've read that I have to take Part A and that if I don't take it, I'm going to be penalized. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. So I tell Is them, well, first of all, take a breath. Yeah. Because, you know, they're usually hyperventilating. Oh. <laughs> uh, and I tell them, you know, you don't have to take Part A anymore. Uh, and the reason for that is that once you do take Part A, you are considered to uh, be on Medicare. You know, it's just Part A. Right, yep. But once you take Medicare, you can no longer contribute to a health savings account. Oh. You can no longer contribute to an HSA. And in fact, if you continue to oh. uh, uh, contribute to an HSA, there's penalties associated with that. 
So I tell the first question I ask people is, do you have a health savings account? Now, a lot of people confuse health savings account with a flexible spending account. Right, right. So once is a HSA, the other one is a FSA. An FSA is typically something that you you spend it or you lose it. Use it it or lose it, yeah. Mm -hmm. The dollars don't roll. So that's why you get people doing whatever at the end of the year to get rid of that money. Yeah. Get rid of it, in quotes. Yeah. You can't see the quotes on the radio, but I'm doing ear quotes here. (laughs) I can see it. (laughs) So um, if they have the HSA, they don't want to take Part A. They want to defer. Right. Because they don't want to incur the penalty. More importantly, they want to be able to continue to save towards their health care because they're going to be entering the period of life, albeit when they retire, when they'll need... uh, 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 healthcare money the most. Right. All right. That uh, that just signals that we're going to take a quick break. Um, uh, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm chatting this morning with Peter D. Stoner, Medicare consultant. We're just going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money, educating the investors of the South Shore and the Merrimack Valley. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. I'm still working on my timing with the new... We have a new... Uh, like a new format for the show and and the the lead show in. clock <laughs> the, a new Technical show clock term. oh thanks yes. <laughs> and like the I'm not used to the lead in yet so we got to work on that so apologies for that dead space there for a second dead air um well, I'm talking about Medicare this morning navigating the Medicare maze uh, my guest this morning is Peter D Stoner who's a Medicare consultant over 25 years of Medicare experience his company is Stoner in Company you can find him at stonermedicare.com uh, and if anyone has questions for us, please give us a call at the studio, 781-837-4900. If you're listening on the South Shore, if you're listening on 980 AM WCAP, you can email us your questions, which in uh, the email is questions at McNamaraonmoney.com. Um, so, all right, we uh, before the break, Peter, we were chatting about um, p- the different parts to Medicare, Part A, and Part B. Right. So Part A, hospital insurance. Yep. No cost, generally speaking. What, generally speaking, wh- wh- that's wh- correct. What's the exception to that? Well, if they didn't work the 40 quarters oh. or 10 years or have a spouse that did. Got it. Okay. Or it could even be a former spouse, by the way. So you can be eligible even if you're divorced. Got it. Okay. Um, and then Part B is the part that's... Um, that does have a premium, That's a, correct. a graduated scale of premiums, but right. most pe- most people pay about one hundred and thirty-five dollars a month. Right. Um, and Part B it covers pr- your visit to your primary care physician, right? Like well visits, um, doctor visits, lab tests, outpatient hospital care, and medical equipment. Okay. Correct. Right. Um, so going back to the graduated scale for premiums, though, you were saying that 70% of people pay $135 a month in 2019. Those are, will adjust upward probably annually, correct? Yes. Inflationary adjustments upward. That's right. Um, and, and, but the scale, go, and, the, and the, the, the premium that you pay is based on your income. So for married couples, a modified adjusted gross, 170000 or less, you pay $135.50. At the highest level, you had mentioned that the premium is 460 a month, but that's if your modified adjusted gross is above $750,000 for, for a married uh, couple. Right. Um, so huge swing. But one thing I wanted to touch on is that, you know, while there might be many retirees that don't have to worry about having, well, that would be great. Not that it would be a worry to have income at that level, but, for, but there are times when people, you know, might 
sell an investment property and have a large capital gain in a year, or they exactly. might you know, inherit some stock positions at a low basis and, and maybe sell them off to diversify and have a large capital gain in one year. Um, so, so these are things that can temporarily swing your Medicare premium upward. Um, and I wanna, I wanna come back to that in a moment so you can explain that, but we do have a caller. So let's go to Tom from Pembroke. Good morning, Tom, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. What can I do for you? I, I, I'd just like to ask. Um, 66 years old, um, haven't obviously started taking Social Security. Um, just wondered uh, what you guys would suggest. When's the best time to do it? And uh, uh, Tom, as as Tom, Tom, what's your full retirement age from Social Security? Do you know the answer six, to that? 67. Is it, Okay. And are you working or not working? Uh, working okay. and also have private insurance with uh, the spouse. Okay, so are you, are you? Is your question regarding taking Social Security or taking Medicare? Medicare. Okay. Uh, um, okay. You have c- coverage through your employment. Yes. Okay. Through through the spouse. Through your spouse. Okay. okay. So, Tom, you don't need to go on uh, Medicare at this point. You have okay. alternative creditable coverage through your spouse. Um, right. Do you are Do you already have Part A of Medicare? Um, I think I applied and got a card. Okay. And typically, yeah. that card would just have Part A on it, but no Part B. It's right. Part B that, again, incurs the premium. So there's no reason for you to do anything at this point until your spouse retires. Is there any uh, penalty for delaying it? Or? There's no penalty. And the okay. reason there's no penalty is that you have coverage. The penalty yeah. is assessed once you don't have employer group coverage. Okay. You know, and, it's right. an, inter- and interestingly enough, so the people know this because it's an important point, COBRA is not considered employer group coverage. Okay. Yeah, okay, so don't go on COBRA. So he would need to, at his wife's retirement, right. they would go on Medicare right away. Well, he would. He, we don't know how old his wife is. Okay. She's much she's, younger than you, right, Tom? <laughs> she, well, she is a few years younger. Huh? Okay, um, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so should I contact um, you uh, when the time comes and... When the time comes, typically 90 days before the time comes. So then it gives everybody time to adjust and strategize. Okay, good. All right, I'll be in touch with you then. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for the call. Okay. All right, Tom. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Okay, so one of my questions also was lead-in time. Like, how, how long do people need to notify the Medi- Medicare of intent to collect, or I'm sorry, to enroll. Right. Not, yeah. Medicare does not want to hear from you more than 90 days from your um, proposed effective date. Okay. So, you know, I get a lot of calls from people that are six months away and or a year or yeah, more. Those planners. Yeah, those planners. Those are the people that I want to you talk know, to. You I want, want to talk, talk to, to them. Planners. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? But 90 days. Medicare doesn't want to talk to you. I want to talk to you just because I enjoy the conversation. But yeah, it's not better. really pertinent, and the information changes annually. Oh, yeah. yeah so, yeah. you know, there are people who want me to look at uh, the 2020 plans right now. Yeah. But 2020 plan designs and premiums won't be released until October 1st. 
of this so, year. Of this year. For 2020. So, okay. but people have been asking me for the last two months. Yeah, yeah. So what I do is I, I just put them down in my calendar for a, a, after yeah. October 1st. Yeah. And what if someone doesn't have a 90 day heads up? Can they enroll in a week or is it? They can. We, we, have, uh, we have a couple right now who we've been speaking to since Friday. Yeah. Did not have part B but need it desperately for October 1st. Okay. And it's my sense that we will get them up and running for October 1st. Okay. So Medicare can turn things around really quickly when they need to. That said, it puts a burden on the system. So you wanna be yeah. able to do it within that three month window. Okay. But the last week of the month is not the greatest time. Okay, they're just busier at that time. Right. Um, all right, we have a caller. So we'll go to Mary from Plymouth. Good morning, Mary. Oh, good morning. Hi there. Hi. What can we do for you? Um, I, I may have missed the answer to this question. Uh, my question is on Part D, prescription. Yeah. Okay. If I already have, well, if I will already have another insurance that covers prescriptions, do I ha will I be penalized for not taking Part D? So let me understand, Mary, what, what sort of coverage do you have that covers your prescriptions currently? Tricare. Okay, so you have it through the, uh, essentially the military? Correct. So that's creditable coverage. You don't have to worry about being penalized. You're fine. So, okay, someone with that does not have to take Part D. They, they've already got prescription coverage and it's, and it's quote unquote deemed creditable. Okay. So you're not subjected and will not be subjected to any penalties. Great. Unless Thank something you. happens with her Tricare, obviously, and she's yeah. My not sense on that is, yeah. You know, tri those on Tricare are usually on it for life. Indefinitely. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Any other questions, Mary? No, that was it. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks you're, for the call. You're welcome. Have a good day. Bye bye. bye, -bye. Um. All right. So part so part D is the one that can carry a pen. Does part, if you don't enroll in part A, is there any penalty if you don't have other coverage? I know you mentioned with no, part D. No. Okay, you said no to that. So there's no but, premium associated typically with part A. Okay. So there's nothing to penalize. Right. Typically the penalties are a percent or something of the actual premium. Okay. And part D for many people, which is the prescription coverage is no cost for many people, no, right? No. <laughs> Wait, it says right here in your chart. Right, but that's the income assessment piece. Okay. There is a premium associated with Part D okay. that's paid to a private carrier. So you don't get Part D prescriptions through the federal government. You get it through oh. private carriers. Okay. Goodness that gracious. Was a, that was an obvious uh, extrapolation of that okay. chart. Okay. <laughs> I'm a numbers person. I was looking at the I numbers on the chart. I saw zero. I knew that. <laughs> Um, all right, I do want to go back to the, the graduated uh, premiums on Part B, but it looks like maybe we have a caller. So before we we do that, we'll go to John from Marshfield. Good morning, John. The soccer field this morning, Alyssa, huh? Oh, I'm yes, I'll be there at 11 and then at 1230. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be there at 11 this morning as well. Oh, I will see on you then. Another, on the same, same, same field. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll see you there. Um, I have a question for you. Um, I've been to Peter's... Um, I've been to Peter's, uh, uh, his last year, his one a lot, the, his seminar last year, and there is a lot of information, but I had a question for you. Pete, uh, one of the things you said, Peter, you said last year, Peter, was that um, we can come to you, but you don't, 
operate on a commission fee. That's the first thing. And then the second thing, and you can direct us as to um, where to go and who to purchase from and that sort of thing. But the other thing, the other question I have is, do we have to go to someone like you to go uh, to sign up for like um, uh, Section A? Good question. Or can we do we have to can we do that online? Uh, my wife's in the school system, okay. um, so she is all set now uh, in school system in Marshall. So she's all set. Um, but uh, would I have to go through you to sign up? No, no um, for st- signing up for Part A and or Part B, you do that through. Interestingly enough, you sign up for Medicare through Social Security. Oh, you do. So there's three ways you can do that. You can go to your nearest Social Security office. Right. And incidentally, if you do, some offices will take reservations, some don't. Mm -hmm. If they'll take a reservation, that's the best thing because then you're not waiting in line for a long time. I believe the Hanover office does take reservations. I've heard that in the past. So that's good. That's good news. if you're going and you don't have a reservation, I'm told the best time to go is 1 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Correct. For whatever reason, that's a window of opportunity. Okay. I've been told yeah. that by many over yeah. the years. Okay. You can, Social Security will tell you that, too. Will they? Okay. Oh, they not heard you that. they got to stop telling all the people that. Gonna start to now get everybody's busy. going to show up at 1 o'clock, <laughs> and it won't be a good time anymore. just announced it on air. Oh. Jeez. Okay. Darn. So no pretend we didn't say that. Alyssa, don't right. worry. Stop it. <laughs> Don't worry, nobody's listening. Yeah, thanks a lot. And you know this guy, right? Yeah, apparently, yeah. (laughs) Yes. So um, the other thing is you can call them. The toll-free number is 800-772-1213. Or you can go online. And online is, you know... SocialSecurity.gov? Yeah, SSA.gov. SSA.gov. Or I think SocialSecurity.gov will bring you there as well. And then backslash retirement is is typically the piece that you could add to that. And I've heard different things about that recently. Somebody said that, you know, I I called them and they told me to go online or I went online and they told me to call them. I don't remember which it was, but this is the advice I've been giving out for years. And um, people tell me it works. So I would try whatever means you're most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Now, now, the other question that I had for you, Peter, is you said um, in the seminar, I think that you did last year, that you represent uh, a few companies? Yep. Okay. Why, why would I go with one? If essentially the cost for Part B, which is all I would really need because, as I said, my wife's in the school system, and I wouldn't need Part B right away because apparently if I don't take Part B right away, I'm going to pay five bucks, and it's going to accumulate every year until I do because I'm not taking any medication. But So there's a penalty if I don't do it right away. But why would I go to you? Do different companies offer different plans under Part B, and are some less or more expensive than another? Are some less or less expensive than another? So the answer is. Oh, can you hold on one second, um, John? Are you yeah. able to turn down your radio? That's on in the background. Oh, it's oh, just yeah. the echo. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, hold on a second. Thank you. We'll start it. answering oh. while you do that. Yeah. Okay. So, so the answer to your, your question is yes. There are multiple plans offered by the different carriers. They're different pricing, but the bottom line here is that you wouldn't come to me because you're what you told me your wife. It was a teacher. 
Correct. So we talked about teachers earlier. They get I heard. better coverage right. through the municipality. Yeah. You would get your coverage through her. And we have gone, we have asked some questions. And um, different towns, towns are different. Some yep. towns will allow the spouse to enroll in that plan, and some won't. How's Marshfield treated? Uh, Marshfield, I don't believe I'm, I'm eligible. My wife is, but I'm not. Okay. Really? So then... I think I think that's correct. If that's not, I, I, I'll have to clarify yeah, okay, okay. it. Do you, know, know. you know better than that? I... <clears throat> not with 100% certainty, no. Because, because I'm covered under her health care plan, yeah. but I'm not covered... I think I'm not covered under Part B, but that might, I can't remember. Uh, I met with the gal in town hall, and I don't, I can't remember what she said with regards to that. Okay, I would, I would want to have you clarify that, John. Yes. Okay. Because it's, that would be unusual. I'm not saying it's not possible, Mm -hmm. but it's unusual. And uh, if the answer is no, we won't cover you, then uh, I can help you. Mm-hmm. If the answer is we will cover you, then do whatever they suggest. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, his, he has an earlier question, though, regarding your compensation structure, yes. though, Peter. Compensation, yep. you're compensated via placing a policy from the insurance I company. I am. So I'm, I'm like any broker, except that my focus is exclusively on Medicare. So that right. means that if a company pays a, a broker commission that's already built into the premium, you don't pay any more because you use a broker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same premium. And with me, I give you choices. Typically, I give you up to three choices. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, there's <clears throat> at least one of them for which I get a commission. Mm-hmm. I typically don't tell you that up front mm-hmm. because I want your decision based on uh rational reasoning as opposed to uh, I want Peter to get a commission. Mm. I figure in the long run if I've satisfied you, you tell people Mm. that's how I maximize my business. Mm. Mm. Okay. There's like literally no downside to to working with you then. The the, the The, policies are priced the same whether they go through a broker or not. That's correct. And you're giving choices and giving advice and there's no... hourly fee or anything for your services. There, there is so that's, none. It's that's correct. From the, from the consumer's end or the client's end, it's really, right. a, it's a win-win. It is. Yeah, it is. It's a mm-hmm. Thank you. And you're yeah. obviously, you're knowledgeable about what you're doing, having been doing this for a while and been in the system. So well, you know Over the, 25 years, John. Yeah. It says it right as, here on his as bio, Melissa John. has said as about <laughs> five times. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Alyssa with an A, not an M, so oh, I'm sorry. On that. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> now we're all getting along. All right. Okay. Any other questions, John? Those were really good questions. I, I uh, that's good for now. I'll, okay. I'll continue listening. I'll, I'm sure I'll pick up more. All righty. Bye. I will. I will see you soon. Then, John. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Bye. All righty. Uh, we have Susan from Wareham. Susan, you're still there. Thanks for waiting. Yes, I am. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. What can we do for you? Um, I'm 68 years old, still currently working, and um, the health insurance that our work has now offered. You know, it's got a pretty hefty deductible, so I'm thinking about flipping to Medicare. But I'm sort of, I just went to a cataract um, eye guy, and I, I need cataracts. What would happen if I flipped in the middle of that whole um, medical thing going on? 
I love this question because yeah. there's two parts to it. She, yeah. She's still working and can she switch and yeah. the timing of her switch regarding her medical. So issue. the first piece first, is, yeah. yes, you can switch. And at that point, it becomes a, a math problem. Math problem being, okay. I'm good at math. Give me the numbers. Yeah, I know now. you yeah. are. <laughs> Alyssa, <laughs> yep, I know I you're good at math. Um, so it becomes a math problem in the sense that either Medicare is a better value or it isn't. So we look at the math behind it. We look at a Medicare supplement plan and the math involved there. We look at a Medicare Advantage plan and the math involved there. But in, in terms of the second piece of your question, if you went on a Medicare supplement plan and then changed um, uh, you know, from your corporate plan, you wouldn't incur any additional copays for whatever additional procedures you require. If you switch right. to a Medicare Advantage plan, you would get copays, but your premium would be less. But again, that's something that we would work on individually and, and look at the various costs involved. Um, so, it is, so it is possible. Absolutely. Can she switch at any time, or though, or does it just have to be during? Does it have to be during open enrollment? No, she can switch at any time okay. because she would have what's known as a special election period, a SEP, by virtue of losing your employer group coverage. So the fact that you switched from your employer group coverage to Medicare, say in whenever, uh, November, December, um, the fact is it was your choice to to switch. In other words, you okay. didn't technically lose it but when you're switching from one to another that's the category it goes under all right and um i didn't i didn't get the beginning of the program but so i don't know your last name and your company please my last name is stoner don't make fun okay. of that <laughs> i didn't Sorry. say a word peter people oh, do say a word <laughs> people do i take offense i i blame the simpsons on television oh. <laughs> um, that one n or two n's one n Okay. And the name of uh, my company is Stoner and Company. I'm the stoner okay. part. There is an and company part. Uh-huh. It's, it's not right, extensive, mind you, but there is a part. His website is stonermedicare.com. Where, where's your office located? In Wellesley. In Wellesley. Okay. Do you do many in-person consultations, or is it mostly over the phone with people? Uh, it's mostly over the phone, yeah. but I do in person, and... Um, I have an associate who also does in person. Got it. Got it. Okay. Also in person. All right. Um, so did no, I? I was, go ahead. Go ahead. I was. I was told um, eyes and ears are not covered under Medicare, though. Well, a lot of the Medicare Advantage plans will cover, as you say, eyes and ears, and some of the supplement plans do, but Medicare itself does not. So, in other okay. words, as an added benefit, a lot of Medicare Advantage plans will cover things like glasses and office visits, uh, et cetera. And uh, a lot of the Medicare supplement plans will offer you things like an allowance for hearing aid coverage and the like. So, it's a question of looking at the different plans. A lot of people will have me look at plans and then they could care less about hearing aid coverage, for example, because their hearing is fine but they maybe they want to uh, focus on vision, pun intended. And as a result of that, it really kind of depends on what you need to uh, help me or whomever uh, look to fill that need. So can I, can I change plans as I get older and things change in my health? Yes, ex excellent question. So okay. every year, 
everyone who's on Medicare can switch their current plan, and they can do that during the Medicare annual open enrollment period. That starts every October 15th, and it ends December 7th for an effective date of the first of the following year. So, so for right. Susan, in this case, she can switch from her employer plan to Medicare at any time. Right, because of the SEP. Because it's, it's, a cha- it's a change or she lost her coverage. Right. Right. But moving forward, once, she, once someone is on Medicare, they can only change during that window in the fall, right. in the late fall. With one exception. Year. With one exception. What's that? There's always exceptions. (laughs) The exception is if you're going from a Medicare supplement plan to a Medicare supplement plan. In other words, if I had a uh, a, a a supplement supplement with a certain carrier and I wanted to switch to another company, I could do that on the supplement plan only. Oh, okay. And I can also switch uh, to a Medicare Advantage plan if it's a five-star plan. So five-star okay. plans can be switched to at any point during the year, and supplement plans can be switched any month of the year. That sounds like almost everything. What else is there? Non-five-star plans. Yeah, most yeah. plans are non-five-star. Okay. Okay. And five-star is higher premium, more no, robust no, coverage. It's not, it's not associated with premium. Oh. It's associated with a designation from the federal government. Okay. Okay. All right. What other Thank questions? You Nope, I'm good. Thank you. Good luck, Susan. All right. right. Thanks for the call. Take care. Um, That was a really good. That was a really good um, call and good questions there. Because so so this is exciting because this is the fourth year that I've done it. Yeah. It's the first year that we've had so many questions. (laughs) So there's good news, bad news for that. The bad news is I lose my train of thought. Yes, that's right. It's like, geez, I remember Alyssa was talking about... That's right. We have a break in like four minutes, so we can... can (laughs) And I forget what you were talking about, but I wrote down, uh, spoken like a true financial advisor. did you write that down? Yeah, it was like a great segue. (laughs) And now I remember, I I don't remember what it was all about. I don't remember what it was about as well. Um, But that brings us into open enrollment. Yes. So Susan brought that up and we were just chatting about that. So if, if you want to just um, continue with that. So open enrollment is a, just a chance for people to revisit the appropriateness of their coverage? It is. Okay. And, and so somebody in, in my line of work gets nailed, essentially, at this time of year. Yep. The volume of uh, business increases October 1st. That's when the calls start. Yeah. But I can't really uh, talk about specifics until October 15th. Okay. Um, through December 7th. So that's a truncated window of opportunity, if you will. And any of the millions of people that are currently on a Medicare plan can switch that plan at that time. Okay. Again, for effective date of the first of the following year. Okay. Um, what I What I really like to stress to people is... Most of the time, the plan they're on is the plan they're going to keep. Okay. All right. They made a rational decision. It was based on good information. That information hasn't changed. But a lot of times, people will have a separate drug plan. Okay. That's the Part D piece. Yeah. Now, that's the piece that should be looked at every year. And because of a couple of things. Number one, our prescriptions change oftentimes during the course of the year. Mm -hmm. Or... The formulary, that's the list of covered drugs that is uh, associated with that particular drug plan, changes. Now, they are, they being the drug companies, are uh, required, or the insurance companies, required to send out a notice that there's been changes 
But again, those you know, it's this thick bit of information. Very few people actually read through it. Yeah. And as a result of that, they don't find about uh, uh, find out about changes to their drug plan until they go to fill their prescription in January. Well, at that point, it's, too, it's late. too late to change. Yeah. So I tell people, you know, it's a good idea to have somebody take a look at that every year. Are there, so if someone is thinking about changing or unsure if their coverage is appropriate, obviously they can call you. Again, this is Peter D. Stoner, Stoner and Company. StonerMedicare.com is his website. Um, how else do people go about this? It, it just go to SocialSecurity.gov? Is there information there where they can peruse plans? They and, can. Okay. In, in fact, it's not SocialSecurity.gov, but oh, it's... Um, uh, www.medicare.gov oh, okay. is where they can go on the drug plans. Okay, It's a cumbersome process for those that don't do it every day, but they can do that. They can also go to their senior center sometime, Okay, and they'll need to make oh. a reservation for that, okay. or they can call me. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, let's. right. We're just going to take a quick break. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You're listening to McNamara on Money. Today's topic is Medicare with Peter D. Stoner. We're going to just take a quick break. We'll be right back. 